When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just $95, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses. I even wore on Morning America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Allegra Goodman is the author of Sam, a novel. And this is from a live event at the Temple Emanuel Stryker Center 
500 people were listening to us talk live on a webinar, and this is the audio from it. So enjoy. Allegra Goodman is the author of five novels, two short story collections, and a novel for young readers. Her fiction has appeared in The New Yorker and elsewhere, and has been anthologized in the O. Henry Awards and Best American Short Stories. She lives with her family in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Sam was chosen as a Read with Jenna pick on The Today Show with Jenna and Hoda, and is one of Jenna's book club picks, which is great. Thanks, Allegra. Thanks, Marjorie. Hi. There you are. I'm here. Hi. <laughs> well, I am so excited to talk to you about Sam, which is the Read with Jenna pick, which was that just the most exciting thing? Tell me the story of finding out you were a Read with Jenna pick. Oh, my goodness. Well, she picks them very far in advance, as you probably know. So I, I guess I found out back in May that I was going to be the January pick. So it didn't seem very real at the time, but a flurry of emails and very exciting. And I was sort of like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Me, my book? What? Oh Um, my gosh. But, but you know, when I did meet her, she really reads the books and she loves the books that she picks and her passion is evident. And so I would say it's a great experience. Um, It's, it's very authentic. Well, I'm glad she reads them. I didn't have any doubt. <laughs> and I'm glad that she loved them, as did so many people. Oh my gosh, so exciting. So Sam, why don't you tell everybody listening what this book is about? And by the way, I love this hot pink on Valentine's Day and happy Valentine's Day to everybody who's watching yay. tonight and to you, Allegra. So yay. And happy Valentine's Day to all the readers yes. and the booksellers and the people who work so hard to get the word out about books like Sam. The book is a coming-of-age story about a young girl growing up on the North Shore of Massachusetts. And I always say the North Shore of Massachusetts because I grew up in Hawaii and I grew up on Oahu and the North Shore meant something different where on my island. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's a book about, you know, somebody turning into a human being. It's about, it starts when she's a little girl and it shows her heart opening and her mind opening and her becoming aware of the world. And um, so it is in some ways very simple because it is a sort of coming of age story. And in some ways it's, it's very complex because people are so complicated and the heart is so, you know, is so interesting to explore. I feel like it's also really about a girl's search and desperation for her father's love and how that's such a universal theme, right? Just wanting that attention and maybe not every dad is as unpredictable as her dad or, but well, we can get into that in a second. But I do think that's a big theme is that sort of longing and coming to terms with the fact that your parents are who they are, which we all have to do at some point, I guess, or we don't have to, but most people do. (laughs) It It tends to happen where when the book starts, you know, Sam is really young and her dad is magical. And he is a, magi- a magician also, <laughs> but he, he's just a magical being. And, and she doesn't mind even that much that he's, you know, appears and disappears. And then as she gets older, she begins to see him as a, her, a flawed person, just as we all are flawed, but he has, you know, some challenges in his life and he disappoints her and she has to grapple with that. And you're right. A lot of the book and a lot of growing up is realizing that your parents are human beings and, and people not mythical, mythical people up there, but you know, they're human. And so a lot of the book is about her longing for his love and coming to terms with what he is and what he can't be for her, you know, and that's, it's hard. Some of that is hard. 
it also really resonated with me that she never gave up. You know, she she doesn't really give up hope. Like you, there's all this. I feel like with parents and parental love, there's always this benefit of the doubt, right? Well, maybe this time they'll come through. Or yeah. So, oh, somebody in the comments said, "Who is Jenna Pick?" So I wanted to clarify. So Jenna Bush Hager is the co-host of Today Show with Hoda, and she has a book club called Read with Jenna. And the Read with Jenna book club picks a book every month, and this was the January book for read with Jenna. Anyway, just to clarify, I was supposed to not look at the comments, but I looked at the comments and got distracted. See, this is what, sorry, Marjorie, I wasn't supposed to do that. Anyway, one of the big through lines in this story is climbing, right? And trying to attain heights, both figuratively and physically. Tell me about that piece of the narrative and do you climb rocks or where did you even come up with this? You're from Hawaii and we're rock climbing in Massachusetts. What the heck? Where did that come from? Well, we have rocks in Hawaii too, <laughs> but um, I am not much of a climber. I'm sort of like Sam's first boyfriend who says, I repelled a little bit in camp. <laughs> um, two of my, I have four children, two of them um, climb a little bit, like just for fun, but I was just really, you know, so I, again, not a climber, definitely an observer as a writer. And I've watched people outside. If you go hiking around here with our beautiful New England boulders, you can see people climbing out there in the woods. And of course, climbing is so popular with gyms everywhere and lots of little kids climb. And I was really interested in the sport because it has a side to it that's sort of privileged where like children are on teams and they're competing in a gym, which is expensive. And there's a side to it that's very laid back. And it's just all about like going bouldering outside with your friends and it's not just doing it for yourself. In that respect, it's a little bit like the surfing that I grew up with. Like there, there are competitive surfers. And there are surfers who um, just like hang out on the beach and it's like a whole culture and like they're very mellow and they're all about like, let's share our food and let's have some beer and, you know, just enjoy nature. So I was interested in those two sides of it. And Sam experiences both in the book. She has a friend who's, you know, from a wealthier family who is involved in the gym and she gets a little bit involved in that competitive culture of climbing. And she also gets to know some people who just climb outside for fun. And I was just interested in the, in the sport in that sense. I was also super interested in the idea that like an activity can mean different things to you as you get older, mm. that, you know, the thing that you're really passionate about when you're 10, like you might feel differently about when you're 16 and you might come back to when you're 30 <laughs> and again, feel differently about it in that way. The, the other thing that really fascinated me about climbing is that it's, it's a sport that requires a lot of strategy and intellect. Mm-hmm. So you have to be smart to climb. Like you have to think your way through and how you're going to do something. It's not about brute strength necessarily. And to me, that, that, that says a lot about sort of how you go through life. You know, you, you, there's no route planned out for you. You have to like figure it out as you go along. And if you make one choice, then that precludes other choices. You put your hand here and then like, what do you do with your other foot? You know, um, and so I was really interested in that aspect of it as well. And she's smart and she's smart on the wall. She's smart physically and spatially. It seems like she has dyslexia or some sort of learning reading issue that's never particularly mm-hmm. diagnosed. As her, it sounds like her father probably had that as well. And some of the hallmarks of that is having this like massive creativity in other areas. And I feel like the two of them in particular, the way the brilliance with the climbing and those scenes in the book where 
all of a sudden she just like finds a new way or she's like, oh, I can go this way. Or like, it's so exciting as the reader to be like, yes, you're going there. But I love how you're showing sort of neurodiversity in its greatest form in the struggles in school, but also where the strengths come in too. Totally. And it's, you know, there's so many different ways to learn and to grow. And um, you're right. Like she, she is one who, she says that she hates reading when she's a little kid. You know, she clearly struggles with, she gets to, she gets, you know, extra help in school, you know, and she tells her mom she hates books and, but she's very bright and, you know, she, she excels in other ways. Her brother also has his challenges learning and with focus and behavior. (laughs) So I would say, yes, neurodiversity is definitely present. And, you know, there are many different kinds of intelligences. And I, I was just really, really interested in that. You know, she's smart as a kid without being bookish. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was super interested in when I thought about writing a coming of age story was writing one in which the protagonist doesn't become me, the author, mm. you know, like a lot of books, you know, like they're growing and they're growing. And at the end they become a novelist or <laughs> like a film, like a, a wonderful film, like girlhood, like, you know, um, Ladybird, or, or I should say Ladybird. Ladybird's growing up in California. And then at the end of the book, she comes to New York and she's going to like become Greta Gerwig, like, or Boyhood, which is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the film, she, you know, he becomes a photographer and he's on his way to becoming a filmmaker like Richard Linklater. <laughs> so, you know, what is it like to write about a coming, the coming of age of somebody who's different from the author, not the bookish type? I have to tell you, I'm writing a novel now, which is due in like two weeks. And that is exactly... <laughs> what happens in the novel. So maybe I need to switch it up. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. No, There's no. also a portion of the artist as a young man. No. <laughs> give you lots of examples. Maybe Joe I'll, March and Little Women. <laughs> maybe I'll switch it up. Maybe I'll switch it up. Who knows? Maybe she'll toss the whole career away. Maybe this is the big breakthrough I've been looking for. Um, you talked uh, already a little about the wealth disparity and how that really can affect training. And that's also such a huge issue that does not get discussed enough. I feel like for all athletes, even track and field athletes today and people who need to train, but then how do they support themselves? How do they do all the therapies they need and for rock climbing and all of it? And there was one scene where her coach asks her where she's been or why she had to miss a session or or something. And she was like, transportation. She just left it at that, (laughs) (laughs) which I loved. But it's true. There are so many roadblocks to success as an athlete. So just talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. She, she doesn't, you know, her mom is a single mom who's working really hard (laughs) and um, they have one car and one driver. And if her mom can't take her and it's far, you know, she doesn't live in the city. She has to take the bus if she can't, if her mom can't take her and that's over an hour. And so things happen and like you, you can be late and you can miss. And her friend Hallie, who, you know, comes from a comfortably off family, like her dad installs a like a, a chin up bar in her door frame so that she can get strong. And, you know, when Sam asks her mom, it's like they're renting an apartment. They can't do that. She's like, no, it'll damage the door. <laughs> like we can't do that. So the reality is really different for her. The mom character was was fabulous too. I mean, all of her day-to-day struggles, like how did the logistics of her life, which were very stressful, and how when just one thing falls out of place, like the whole yeah, yeah. the whole cascade, you know, the card tower cascades. And there and towards the end of the book, when she's thinking about her the rest of her life, 
there was like an offhand thing where it said she was 38 years old. And I was like, yeah. 38? <laughs> She's like a baby. I can't yeah. believe that she was this young. Yeah. Not that, anyway, that it blew yeah. my It's like, you know it intellectually because she like dropped out of college. I know, I know. I, but you don't think of it because, and the reason is because it's all from Sam's point of view. And she thinks that her mom is her mom, yes. which is another thing that happens when you're a kid. Like your parents are old. Like even if they're young, they're old because they're yeah. your parents. So even when her mom says, I'm, I'm young, I'm, I've got my whole life ahead of me. I'm, you know, 37 and a half years old. Sam's like, yeah, right, mom. You know, like she still thinks that's old because she's like 20 yeah. or 21. So yeah, that perspective on age is, is very interesting. But yeah, my son, is, my son is like, <laughs> my youngest son, I have four kids also. And my youngest is eight. He's like, are you going to be alive for my graduation? And I'm oh. like, I hope so. Come on. <laughs> He's like, will you yeah, be walking? Do you like, have a sense of time? <laughs> right. I'm like, you're, are you going to have a cane? And I was like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just $95, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. But I actually think your point of view with Sam is so interesting because it almost for a while could be a YA novel, right? It almost could have been packaged that way and marketed to that age group more. So I wondered if that was a debate you had or if this was firmly an adult book, but you want us to see the coming of age of a teen, I mean, up through past teenage years. Yeah. But tell me I about that. That's a really astute question. I can tell that you're very much in the book world. No, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I thought about it when I was writing it. I was just sort of like, because the one of the things I do in the book is that the language starts very simple because her perspective is a child's perspective and then it gets more sophisticated as she grows up. But I was afraid that the first people who read this book were going to open it up and be like, is this a children's story? Is this a YA? Like, what is this? You know, what category is this? And um, I was... I was happy that my editor decided, you know, thought of it as really a book for adults. Um, and of course, there is crossover. Lots of adults read books for children, so-called books for children or why. These are just marketing categories that break down, of course. But she really thought, like, she saw that it was 
more sophisticated than it led on at the beginning. And she saw that it was really about the process and the growth of this girl. So, um, so yeah, it starts off simple, like a children's story. And you're like, oh, is this, this is this little girl and she's in school, like Beverly Cleary, like what is happening? And then, but, you know, it, it takes her from the inside through adolescence and becoming a young woman as well. Well, yeah. Once I kept reading and it all about her relationships and, you know, all the physics, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) it's not Ramona Quimby. It's not Ramona Quimby. Yeah, exactly. It was also interesting how you brought in what it's like to have a family in which there are two different dads, right? The same mom, two dads, and the effect of the dad on the other sibling. And when that, when the one would swoop in, and obviously they had more of a you know financial relationship with one dad than the other, which you say very early, but how to navigate that as a child and what happens if that's not a particularly positive thing for the family structure? Yeah, it's, it's hard and it's complicated. And I think in that case, what, what really is shown is what a rock Courtney, the mom is Yes, that she, she's the one who holds those children together. And the two children are really close, even though they are, you know, far apart in age and have different fathers. They are this, the three of them really are like this family unit. And it's really thanks to Courtney because she's the one who's there every day. She's the one who, you know, does all the hard, boring, things, (laughs) things, <laughs> the difficult things, the not fun thing, not the not fun part of parenting as well as the fun parts, you know, she's who, is tired who, all the time. Did you have like a mental image of Courtney? Do you have an actress in mind? Like, or an actor? <laughs> like what, who, what does she look, who, who oh, is she in your head? Yeah, that's a good question. I think of her as like, like she's beautiful, but she's a little bit getting heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, oh, I have to think about who would, who would be a, like somebody real looking, you know, <laughs> not a movie star type. Yeah. This is tough. This is tough. Yeah. <laughs> but she loves hair. She's a hairstylist. So, you know, she loves hair. That's true. I feel like I have to ask Courtney, you know, it's like yeah. they're so real to me. It's like, I'll have to ask each of the people like who would play them. <laughs> do you miss hanging out with Courtney all day? Or do you feel like talking about her keeps her in the, and Sam, of course, and all the characters, but yeah, are you sad when you put down a novel? Yeah, they seem sort of real, sort of caught in amber in my yeah. in my mind. Wow, amazing! Uh, your career, take us through that. This is not your first book. Take us through the whole thing. Oh wow! Okay, well, we don't have a lot of time, so um, <laughs> cliff notes. Young. Cliff notes. I started young. Okay, this is the cliff notes. I started. I wanted to be a writer since I was seven years old. I really wanted to be a writer. I started writing seriously all through high school. My first story was published when I was 19. I published short stories. I started by writing short stories, and I recommend that to people interested in writing. It's a little bit more (laughs) bite-sized. I then started writing novels. I, again, wrote all through school and just kept publishing. I had four children, kept writing. You know, women don't, uh, what did you say? Mothers don't have time to read. Well, they do make time to read. Mothers make time to read. Mothers can make time to write sometimes. but. I've been writing, you know, sort of all through it. And my kids are now, my youngest child is in college and my oldest child who's 10 years older than my youngest is an economist. And he actually said to me, I've noticed that your productivity has gone way up since we all left home. And I was like, hmm, you don't have to be a labor economist to figure that one out. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I am writing more now, I would say, than when my children were all little, but I kept working at it steadily. 
And so it's, and I've written like eight or nine books or maybe 10. I'm not sure. You just lose track after a while. You're just that prolific. It's like, no, I just, I don't focus on that. I just, I work on the thing at hand. I live in the moment. (laughs) Nice. I like it. I like it. And what are you writing something new now? Yes. I am doing a couple things. I have a new novel, which is coming out in 2025. I think it's scheduled for, which seems like tomorrow. So, and I wrote it, a lot of it when I was writing this book, which is weird. It's a very, very different book, but I wrote them at the same time. But I, um, I don't talk about the stuff that is, that I'm, you know, in the middle of until it's done, until it's really done. Wait, how did you write two books at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Take me through and I don't do a day of that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I write just a little, I like to sort of be one of those writers who sort of chips away at things. I like a little bit at a time. So after like three hours on something, I get really tired. So what I do is like a session in the morning on say Sam. And then in the afternoon, I do the other project because I'd be done for the day on the first one, if that makes sense. I just like to switch it up. And I don't try to write, again, I don't try to write a huge amount of either of them, but I just try to be very consistent. That's how I did. That's how I did it. Also, I did it because I had to do it <laughs> because I was just compelled to write this other book. <laughs> really? Wow. And you didn't get confused in all the characters or any of that stuff. No, no they're very different. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, Again, I didn't do that when I had four little kids at home, I should say. That's what that was. That's like me as the empty nester version of the mom. <laughs> uh, but you still have your 10 year old at home, right? No, 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 no. My youngest is in college now. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said someone was 10. Then I was like, how does she Oh, she's 10 years younger than my oldest. Oh. I have 10 year gap between my oldest and my youngest child. I was literally like, how does she have no, a 10 No, 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 no 10 year old economist. No, 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 no. My oldest is an economist and he's 30. I have a 27 year old, a 23 year old, and a, t- and a 20 year old. I see. I see. So that's it. Yeah. Okay. So now like the floodgates are open and you're just writing nonstop. You got nothing to hold you back. I have no one to blame anymore, which is the problem. (laughs) No one to blame except myself if things don't go well. (laughs) That's another way to look at it. There's a theme sort of coursing through this book, both in Sam's relationships with the men in her life, including her father and her mom's other, I don't even know what to call that guy, her her brother's (laughs) father and the relationships that she gets in. And I feel like there aren't a lot of men in here that make you feel really good about men. What was that about? And where did that come from? Well, let's, let's defend, let's just defend, Who should I defend? boyfriend, Justin. Okay, he's, fine. A good, he's a good one. He's, There's he's, a, there are a few good ones. Okay. Okay. I'll also, give you that. I have to say, although Sam's dad is, you know, he's so flawed, but I love him. I okay. love that character. So I love him too. Her brother's dad is more problematic and can be pretty brutal at times. So yeah. So what is going on with that? Well, again, it's all from Sam's point of view and her point of view evolves as she gets older. And if the book continued, it would continue to evolve. So I think at times that this is what she sees, you know, around her. She also has a mentor in her life. Who's a man who's her professor at North Shore Community College. Yep. So, you know, it's not all bleak. Um, okay. There's kindness, but yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. It's, I think it's tough. She sees the world all through her own eyes and comes to see it through her mom's eyes. And her mom is a single mom mm-hmm. left to do, left to do really everything. <laughs> so I like how her first relationship, she was sort of just not into the whole thing at all. 
And, you know, she's like almost wondering like, maybe I'm gay or maybe this, or I don't know. And then she, in her second, not to give anything away, but just in her (laughs) second relationship, she's like, oh, this is why people kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was awesome. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Any, any experiences in your own life that have uh, informed this novel? Oh no, I'm not a memoirist. I, I, it's all purely (laughs) fiction. You know, I, um, that's why I like to write fiction. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is it is great because you see in her development and Sam's development, you know, what she's looking for. And at times you don't know what you're looking for until you know who you are, right? And so yeah. those things kind of develop in parallel, I feel like. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, her experiences with these guys trying to figure out what she wants, who she is, and also what she wants. And, you know, I think that also looking back when she's older, she may have a very different perspective on some of this stuff. She gets involved with somebody who she thinks she's in love with. She may not think that when she's, you know, 40, (laughs) when she looks back at that experience. But I wanted to, and so I took a little bit of a risk because I really chose to stay with her point of view. I really committed to her point of view, even where the reader's like, oh no, don't do that, you know, or, oh God, like, how can you trust him? You know, or, you know, or, you know, you're making a mistake. I just chose to really inhabit her, um, for better and for worse. Amazing. Um, So that's one of the things that happens when you, when you write fiction, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm very method. Love it. When it was announced that this was a read with Jenna book club pick, Jenna also has optioned this, right? Is that right? Or did I get that wrong? No, I got it wrong. That's the name. Well, if if she has, I'm the last. No, I don't. No, you know what? I'm mixing it up with her February (laughs) pick. I'm so sorry. Scratch that. (laughs) Edit it out of the live feed here. Um, uh, Whoops. (laughs) But that's okay. It would be a really good movie. It's almost like you know, wild where you're conquering, you know, you could see all of the terrain of the rocks and the building that she climbs. And I don't know, it would yeah, be very, sure. it's very visual, very visual. You'd have to find the right people. Like you were saying, you have to cast it well. Yes. Have you seen, um, free solo, the rock climbing movie yes. documentary? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do some collaboration or something. <laughs> <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't quite as the oh yeah <laughs> when you read for pleasure which I'm assuming you find time to do but it's a big assumption what writers do you love to read like have you read anything amazing lately and who are some of your long-term inspiring yeah. authors and current well um, inspiring? one writer I really love is Lily King who mm. wrote Euphoria and Writers and Lovers, which is set here in Cambridge where I live. And she's an, she's just funny and smart and sensitive. And she writes, she's a great storyteller. Kevin Wilson, <laughs> who wrote this amazing book. His last book, well, he's written, he has a new book out called Now is Not the Time to Panic. And he wrote this uh, one, Nothing to See Here. He's got great titles. He is so funny. And again, so smart and his characters are wonderful. Like he's manages to be sort of funny and satirical, but also sensitive and character driven at the same time, which is such a tricky thing to do with a light touch. So, you know, those are two um, novelists I love. I also love short stories. And I have a friend named Gish Jen who wrote a Mm -hmm. book uh, recently. I think it's just out in paperback called Thank You, Mr. Nixon. And it's like stories of China and the Chinese diaspora of Chinese in America. And again, oh, there's a theme here. She's also funny <laughs> and also smart. But the cultural issues that she tackles with such a light hand 
she does such a good job with it. So she's she's another one. So I do like to try to keep up with fiction if I can. I also read a lot of nonfiction and biography and just all over the place. Amazing. When you talked about the name of Kevin Wilson having great covers, it brought to mind this current debate, which is, do you think it's better to have a title like yours, which is one word, you know, the one word versus multi-word titles? Like, where do you fall on that? And what do you I've think? I've got both. If you write enough books, you can just do all of the yeah. above, depending on the book, right? Yeah. I actually kept trying to think of a good title for this book that was like multi-word, like, and they, all of the titles that I came up with sounded so pretentious mm. and I felt like they weren't working. And my working title for the book was Sam and the book is just all her. This book is um, not a landscape. It's a portrait and it is her and it's her face, not her face, but a, a photograph of a girl who <laughs> my editor thought looked like her, you know, with, with her intensity and uh, her name. And, uh, in, and that proved to be the best, the best title for this book. So I'm all about just you pick what is appropriate to that project. Mm-hmm. And if you love all different kinds of titles, then just write something else and, you know, you'll find the, the, the long title will be appropriate to that, I think. Well, I'm curious for the people listening, if they have a view, if you find yourself gravitating towards longer titles or shorter titles, or if you haven't even noticed, because people in publishing are always asking about this. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Allegra. And good luck with this book and Zibby. Good luck with everything. And we'll talk soon. And thank, thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.